0: Is there a podcast? Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me on the on the show, mate, as well. No, no, as well. As soon as you we sort of uh, connected on Instagram, I was like, "What an interesting guy that is," <laughs> and I was like, "I need to know more." So that's why that's why I sort of pinged you the uh, the the email asking if you wanted to come on, and then when you sent me the bio, I was I was gobsmacked. I was like, "What a life that you're li- living." Yeah, well, I've had a colourful, colourful life, obviously.
1: Um, yeah. Full name Anthony Stephen Malone, veteran of the Parachute Regiment, embedded combat photographer, 101st Airborne. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have been able to join the um, Parachute Regiment when I was 17. Got me wings before before I was 18, but wasn't allowed to wear the actual wings until I was actually 18 years old. Then after four power went to three power. Where again done P company for the second time, passed it for the second time, got me wings again. Then a couple of years after that, went over to France and got me French wings on exchange. So yeah. I was very fortunate to be able to do and see and experience quite quite a lot in the um, in the in the British Armed Forces at a very young age.
0: Yeah, that is something. That is something. Like my old man, he he managed to get different jump wings from. Uh his time as a pti uh pji <laughs> should i say um yeah he, he was always like yeah i was out with the, with the yanks getting their wings and blah blah, blah. i was like Fuck off, <laughs> shut up <laughs> no but it's that's it's awesome mate one thing i want to touch on before we um we dive into all the different stuff that you've been through like sort of recent history um I noticed one thing that really stuck out in my mind, and, and that's the stuff that you're doing for PTSD and homeless veterans. When I when I saw yeah. that, I was like, "Fuck it, spot on!" Like, not enough is is done, not enough awareness is spread. And obviously, you, you took you took time and li- li- ugh, get my words out. Lived rough, didn't you? You lived as a homeless person for weeks on end. Yeah,
1: I was homeless for a couple of weeks because. I've, I've, I've got um, a rule. If you want to know something, go and do it yourself and experience yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was reading. This was a few days ago. I was reading all the press reports and all the about homeless soldiers on the streets and all this. And I'll be honest with you, I don't take a great deal of notice what's in yeah. the press anyway.
0: Yeah, well, so I don't think do.
1: Well, exactly. So I thought best off. Myself and a few other other um, other veterans, we went down to London. We we actually spent time as homeless people, so we could get an understanding of it. And it was an eye opener. It really was. Uh, we met some very good people there, and it just it proves that anybody can become homeless. You don't have to be a down and out. All it takes is. A set of circumstances, a relationship breaks down, you lose your job. Anything can happen at the same time. And I met some really some good people, um, not just veterans. When we went down there, we, it was to assess what the problem was. We ended up helping um, quite a lot of people. Okay. And after a period of time, I went back down there and spoke to some of the people that I'd actually met and told them why we did what we did to get an understanding of it. Um, There's a lot of good organizations out there as well. It isn't only like us. But what we do is 99% of what we we do to help veterans, homeless veterans, or veterans of PDST, we do not advertise it. Because as a general rule, veterans are very proud, especially the older ones. Okay? And there's a lot of guys out there who will not admit they need help but through a lot of contacts that we've put together over a lot a lot of years we're able to identify Um, for instance when covid hit, we were actually we're actually feeding i think it was up to 100 families up in the area that i'm actually from and we we weren't Asking who needed it, we were we were finding out hmm. through either social services or the veteran network as well. When we were finding out there's a couple of older guys who aren't leaving the house, they're not able to get out, which yeah. means they weren't able to get any fresh food, that sort of thing. So all we did was, wasn't anything special, we got some hampers every week, we got it paid up basic stuff, including meat, fish, that that sort of thing. And we were doing that, and it worked well. Uh, We were able to help as many people as what we possibly could. But it was the same across England. A lot of little veteran organisations were picking up the slack from the governments, and it was the little veteran organisations who were helping. So if it wasn't for them, even now, the government hasn't got the grip of the whole situation yet, with inside the PTSD
0: yeah,
1: or yeah. homelessness. They are trying; they've done some good work. So I'm not going to have a go at anyone here, but they could be done a lot more. Can actually be. Yeah, I think done. I think
0: that goes across the board as well in terms of yeah. what the government are doing in in terms of like the whole country. But as as both of us are veterans, where it, it's something close to our heart. And you yeah. and you and you look at different things, and you're and you're you're seeing people being put into housing. You're seeing people being put up in hotels, and you're like, there's people that serve the country, put their life yeah. on the line for the country, that are sleeping in a doorway, or they're sat like cross legged outside a shop with a with a banner that says, "Willing to work for food or whatever it may be." I remember a few years back, it would have been around Christmas sort of time. I was working when I was working for um, a company called Loomis doing the cash and transit. I remember stopping off. I was doing a collection at uh, a Tesco or it might have been a Sainsbury's. It doesn't really matter. But there was a, a homeless veteran outside, and like people were giving him money and things like that. I was like, well, what he actually needs at the minute is is some sort of food, a, a hot drink. Yeah. So I, as soon as I went in there, I went right. I'm going to get him a couple of meal deals. And a and a fucking one of those costers that are like the automatic ones gave it to him, and he was like, "Oh, to I was like, "No, I don't want any money for it. You're, I'm, I'm here at work. I've just seen you, and it's it's heartbreaking seeing a, a home, any homeless person. But for yeah. obviously for for us being veterans, seeing seeing them down on their luck, and it, like you said, it could it could be anything that caused it. Like yeah. for example, if I slept with my missus and I lost my job. My family is fucking halfway across the country. If I didn't have them, then I would have no one. And it's like, what do I do? So it's, it's, yeah, it's
1: sad. It's a delicate one. It, it, is a, it is a delicate one. But I think now, I think things have changed for the upbeat at the moment. Um, having a veterans minister, having people in government mm. who are actually taking notice, it's overdue. But like I said, some good work's been done. Hopefully, it'll continue. Uh, yeah, but yeah. a massive shout-out to all the little veteran organisations out there who are picking up the slack. Because if it wasn't for these organisations in every like town and major city, a, a lot of veterans would be going through a lot a lot harder time than what they are now. Definitely. So definitely. It, it's the little ones who who actually help and make a tip. on yeah. And
0: yeah. For for me personally, I'm currently organising a, a a charity football match. Um, and the the cause that I tend that, that I did my last game for, and the one I'm doing it for this one is uh, Rock to Recovery, and I think that they're, they're they're a brilliant organisation. Uh, they're starting to expand a bit more now. A lot more people have sort of heard of them, but that they are they are brilliant. Um, and you know all the smaller ones that aren't you know, sucking all the profits out of it and got CEOs on fucking God knows how much money. You know. Don't yeah. <clears throat> don't do get me started on that. Oh no, feel free. Feel free. I <laughs> uh, I case in point for for, for for myself, um, when I first was diagnosed from my therapist and uh my doctor that I had depression and PTSD, which a lot of my former friends didn't believe me and thought I was uh pulling the wool over the eyes and and crying crying out for help and, and things like that and trying to get likes for the podcast I'm like no this is this is what I've got um but anyway um I reached out to a couple of um my home service um charities we will say um I was in the Air Force by the way so I'm sure people can figure that one out I'm not going to name them um, I reached out to them for some help some guidance they were supposed to um, send me out a caseworker to sit down and have a conversation with me find out what they can do for me etc um, etc cetera, et cetera. Um, and I believe we're coming up to about four maybe five years and I'm still waiting so <laughs> <it's>, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, it, it, it got to a point where it was oh, I'll take matters into my own hands and my health into my own hands, which, you know, a lot of people need to, need to do. Um, but sometimes you need that little bit of help to, to guide you. Um, I was one of the lucky ones where I've got a very good support network. So Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't on my own. If I was a veteran on my own, I, you know, the, the worst of the worst could have happened, but yeah, it's, um, we, uh, well, I'm going to say
1: it. The veteran suicide rate in America is sky high. The veteran yeah. suicide rate in England is going up as well. Um, not acceptable at all. No, not. No. Um, there should be a lot more help there, but hopefully now it is starting to filter down. But anyone who anyone who's out there going through like a, a bad time, you've been through bad times. I've been through bad times. A lot of us actually have, and. Yeah. It's just a case of reach out, speak to someone, even if you have a really bad day. We all get them. All right. But always remember today is another day, anyway. you got tomorrow. You can always do one day at a time. OK. Yeah. And get you what I always tell everyone who will know is get your trainers on, get your boots on, go for a walk, yeah. get some fresh yeah, air. OK. A lot of the guys when they're feeling really depressed at certain times of of, year, it's always the anniversaries, remembrance, the holidays. That's where it hits a lot of barriers. And all I'll say is it's what I do now. Pack your days, uh, go camping for the weekend. It clears your head. Being outdoors gives you a lot of perspective or go for a swim. It's not difficult, okay? So yeah. it actually helps you because I've I've spoken to some guys who were pretty much the lowest of the low on the verge of doing something a, a, a little bit silly. So I said, "Right, trainers on, get your day sack. I'm taking you away for a couple of days." Yeah,
0: yeah. Couple of know, days. Right.
1: To then, it. They Turned around and said, "You know something, you were bang on there." You know and mean? and
0: and to be fair, mate, it's it's um that goes for everybody uh, this this podcast yeah. is open for everybody it's not just for veterans but it, as we're both veterans talking about this sort of thing you know get back to what you know one of the yeah. main causes of depression and 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 what can then trigger ptsd and things like that especially for veterans is the lack of purpose the lack of who who i am and that comes from leaving the unit uh, especially if you're in a, a tight sort of click unit, a bit like the Paras, um, you you lose your your sense of self. Get back to what you know. Go back to the field. Yeah. But get get you've got an endless supply of support networks there, especially for the likes of the Paris, and Marines, RAF, Reg, Air Force, whoever, uh, rifles. We could the list could go on and on. There's plenty yeah. of ex servicemen that would go. Why didn't you just give me a ring? Yeah, ex- exactly. We
1: all know somebody. Or if a guy's out there and you think your mate's going through a bit of an hard time, pick up the phone and just say up and yeah. say, you know, something, mate. Tomorrow morning, get your boots on. We're going for a coffee. I oh, mean, it gives him a reason to get up. And if he if he if he's thinking, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in, go around his house, yeah. knock on the door. Mate, put the kettle on. We're having a brew. Then we're gonna go that's, go out
0: somewhere. That's spot on advice. That is. That is definitely. Because you know, as as we all know, servicemen are the most functioning alcoholics ever. So if uh, <laughs> if if one of the lads goes now, nah, sorry, I'm not meeting you for a beer. Then you gotta go. Hang on a minute. What's yeah, the matter? Something... What what's the matter? Yeah. Is the miss is the missus said no, or is this you saying no? Oh, no. If- No, it's the missus, mate. I've got the kids, but okay, fair enough. I'll pop round for a brew.
1: What the guys have got the watch as well, and I've experienced this as well. Sometimes we use alcohol as a coping mechanism as well. So the guys have got that watch that in each other, even if you don't realize it yourself, right?
0: Because
1: soldiers have a chance. you going out. We'll have ten pints, fifteen pints, and we'll do a few bottles. Go on, have a take out a few more bottles and that. If you're doing that three or four times a week, and you're not yeah. training,
0: that's going to lead to some serious health issues. Oh, so, so and, from experience, it's it's another sort of it's another depressant as well. You you'll you'll yeah. think that you'll think you're on a fucking high, and then all of a sudden, it's. The reason why um a, a couple of years back I made a mini document a mini documentary that I just recorded off my my phone about my struggles about how i um sort of was going through this journey through my mental health issues, and it was um the ups and downs and etc. et cetera et cetera the name the name of it is whiskey and wrong decisions for a reason because I started drinking too much whiskey. And at one point, I was thinking I was the the life and soul of the party. I was drinking away, and then the next minute, I was a complete part of my French cunt. It's like one minute I'm I'm Tomo, and the next minute I'm some sort of fucking devil monster that wants to cause fights and arguments with whoever's in his way. And yeah. it was it was just a an endless struggle. I still love like it. Don't get me wrong, still love a glass of whiskey. I'm having one now, um, but I now sort of know the limits. That yeah if i uh, i'll be like oh okay they probably won't have that last one you know what i mean it's
1: i think i think it's been uh, i think with a lot of time that's went by there's a lot of veterans and there's a lot of men and women out there who are a little bit older now we've been through difficult times challenging times and it would be quite easy for the elder guys on women to spot it in the younger ones, mm. and you don't have to embarrass anyone. Just maybe have a quiet chat in, in like, a, in a cafe the next day or something. And say, you know, something I've been there, seen it, done it. Got the t yet? Don't make the same me- mistakes that we have. Yeah, yeah. Cut down on the drinking a little bit. Reach out if you've got a problem, or go and talk to someone or tr- train. Because a, a lot of guys find if they're drinking, they're not really tr- tr- training. Yeah, so yeah. then, if switch their energy and focus to doing exercise, it could be mountain bike and swimming or anything like that. Once they've started that, what I've what I've seen is the dr- drinking comes down, yeah, and the fitness levels up and it goes down. And everyone likes to go out and have a couple of beers, mm-hmm. a glass of whiskey, and that. It happens with soldiers. We with veterans, it's part of us. It always will be. Yeah. Right? Being able to get it in moderation—that
0: is very That's important. That's you got to do. Everything in moderation. I totally agree. I totally agree. Hundred percent. One thing I do want to pick your brain about. Um, obviously, both both servicemen and and Afghanistan was a, a massive part of the well the the entire british military plus others yeah. uh, 21 plus years um now um but obviously the close down and handing it back to the the natives and the taliban and whoever else was yeah. well for me very shocking to see how quickly it was done and how poorly it was done but obviously you were you were embedded with that getting people Getting people home or getting people um, settled, could you say, with uh, with like yeah, with the locals? Um, I'm guessing. I'm I'm just speculating here with probably interpreters and other vulnerable sort of family members and, and things like that.
1: Yeah, I think I could speak on behalf of, of a lot of veterans, both in America and across uh, Europe and, and 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 the United Kingdom. We all were watching what was happening. Now, I've, I've been involved with Afghanistan for a long, long time. I've got a lot of friends out there. And all veterans, even service personnel, were watching what was unfolding. It seems that the only people who couldn't see it coming was actually the politicians. Funny Because anyone <laughs> with any... <laughs> it just... It, it was so obvious it was going to go wrong. It was so obvious. And... The government in Kabul that had been there for like twenty odd years, it was never going to function and stay as it was. Yeah, it was it actually buckled under its own weight of corruption. Um, an example was the 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 West America, including the UK. We, we were paying for an Afghan army of over. 150,000 men every month. In reality, there was maybe half of that. Yeah. So we're paying for a ghost army, right, which is pretty much the size of the British army every month. Okay?
0: I'll, I'll
1: let people get get that number and think about that. So where's that money gone for yeah, so yeah. many years? So the government was never going to hold its own anyway. The drawdown, yes, I accept the war had to come to an end. I I agree, troops had to be pulled out. We were losing troops for no reason in the actual end. That's my opinion. It had to happen, but the way it was done was wrong. They could have very easily kept a couple of thousand at strategic locations and drew down over time. Yep. Agreement could have been made with the Taliban, with the Akhani network, that those positions are not attacked. Okay, that could have been done. I've spoken to members of the senior members of the yeah. Akhani network in Afghanistan. Now, like many veterans out there it didn't fit well for me i was out of everything i was retired mm. i was a gardener right i was a landscape gardener i was doing me work with patriot to help the veterans in england and america so yeah. i was not going to get involved in anything again but i've got a sat phone it started to go off quite frequently then it just went on meltdown i had generals ringing me up colonels former intelligence agents who were stranded in Afghanistan. This is about a couple yeah. of months before the official evacuation. Yeah. And they knew what was going to They come. knew what was going to happen, yeah. Fuck me. So we actually started to move people covertly out of country before I even set foot back in Afghanistan. So a couple of months before it was all over the news, the writing was on the actual wall. Yeah. yeah. Um, we wrote a we wrote reports, and we handed them in at a very high level, both in the UK and in America. And we predicted what was going to happen, and we were we were absolutely spot on.
0: It, it, um, it's mad, we... how that like the likes of you have obviously got a vast knowledge of the landscape there. You've got Lads that have been there for fucking countless months on end, countless years, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Here's an idea: Politicians <laughs> use the experience <laughs> and get the experienced people to give you the strategy that you need. Like you just said, you had you you yeah. foresaw what was going to happen. If you if you've already seen what's happened, you've obviously already thought of the different strategies to for that not to happen or not to be mm. as bad as what happened. But it's it's as though they went, no, nah, oh well, we'll just do it all at once. Yeah,
1: they just <laughs> literally... They, ridiculous. They, as soon as the Americans pulled out, um and pulling out of Bagram Air Base in the middle of the night and yeah. leaving the keys, just giving the keys to the uh, yeah people, there was unforgivable. But it's happened. There's no no point in no, no 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 point in dwelling on what's happened. Yeah. But what what you've got to take out of every negative, there's obviously a positive. There is a lot of people that still need a lot of help out there. There is a lot. Okay, like well over, one hundred and fifty thousand. Okay. But you've got to look at again the veteran community across United Kingdom and overseas and America. They rallied together and again, little groups of people, veterans, dusted off the boots, grabbed the day sacks, went straight over there. Got now, the, those little groups of, of veterans and that, they saved countless lives, countless. And if it wasn't for the veterans doing that, literally, people like myself, getting your black book out, getting your satellite phone out ringing all your old connections saying right are you in country are you able to do this can we do this i've got this bit of the jigsaw you've got that bit put it yeah. together we can actually help and it was it was incredible on the ground to see the
0: little groups of veterans operating getting people out on that yeah Yeah. Now, yeah. Well, there's a lot of that coming from um like private contractors now as in former servicemen that are now on the circuit
1: I would say, yeah, there was a, they, they, there was a lot of guys out there, but there was a lot of also, what I noticed was, a lot of older guys about my age or older, so on about guys who were in the 50s, in the 60s, who were season operators back in the day, yeah, and we still got the contacts. So all we did was, rang round, I, I was talking to retired colonels, senior members of American intelligence, And I just said, what is going on? Do we need to get involved here? Or is there going to be a mass like evacuation again a second time? And we were told no. So we went, right, we've got two options. If we don't go in, a lot of people are going to get killed. And it was a lot of my close friends there who were on the Taliban kill list. And I was getting videos in yeah, intelligence yeah. on an hourly basis and people were being dragged out of cars and executed on the side of, of roads. Right? Horrible. And if politicians turn around and say, no, well guess what? I still have all the videos of this. All right. And it was unbelievable. It was barbaric. But the 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 bloodbath that was expected instantly never happened. But it happened on the smaller scale, behind the scenes, because yeah, there's, right. there's still a lot of bad things happening over there. But what myself and other people did, we went back into Afghanistan. Can you imagine it? Everyone's going out of Afghanistan. Yeah,
0: you're trying
1: to get and in. A few going in. So we actually flew into Uzbekistan and an overland car journey from Uzbekistan down to Kabul. Took us like twelve hours, and we were able to operate there pretty yeah. much without any major dramas yeah, yeah. for a three-month period of time. Then, and that was a high tempo. That was twenty-four-seven banging. We were getting, we were moving people we through Taliban checkpoints, moving families who had ch- children, getting them to safe houses. We were making sure they had food, medical supplies. Then organising their evac out of the country into a third country, and one of the problems that we we actually saw in the early days was we could get people out of Afghanistan. That that isn't the difficult part. Yeah, it was getting them a visa into another country. Yeah, of course, of course. That that was what the problem was, and it still is on the visa scheme for just the United States. There's still well over 150,000 vetted, qualified people who can be on that scheme. Mm. Um, and they're just, they're just sat there. Um, yeah. We're very, very fortunate that we got everyone out who went in to get out. Okay. Uh, we're very fortunate on that. So the generals, the colonels, all the people, all the intelligence assets, everyone's out. Um, A lot of them are in England as well now, either in America or in England. And in a week's time, I'm actually going to meet for the first time some of the people who have got out of Afghanistan and they are now in England. they got a visa, working visas and everything. So everything got sorted out on that. But all we did was there was a need for people to stand up. The veteran community answered that particular call. And a lot of it was done some incredible work out there. Yeah. I was unfortunate. I was there for a three-month period of time. And I ended up being taken by the Taliban. And I ended up spending 190 days in a Taliban underground interrogation That was center. literally going to be
0: my next sort of segment into yeah. going into. I was like, didn't you actually get taken hostage as a political... Hostage. And uh, well, yeah. the funny thing,
1: I wouldn't say the funny thing was. Um, <laughs> like, as, you know, as, as a veteran, veterans, you can make a funny
0: veterans. thing about anything. That's like all,
1: all veterans, we've got a dark sense of humor. Yeah. Right? And when things get bad, you either roll up in the corner and die, or you roll up your sleeves and you crack on. And as veterans, we roll up our sleeves, mate, and we crack on with it. Yeah, we were given an hard time by the, the Talibs wanted to know who we were, accusing us of a million and one things, all right? And we were like, ah, behave yourself. We, we've come here to actually help. I mean, yeah. but then it got all political, and it took 190 days for multiple Western governments, including, them, including, Britain, including Britain, to negotiate our release. So we were released on the 20th of June, so we flew back to England then, so I was there for three months, then spent six months in an underground interrogation centre, then I've come back to England.
0: Yeah, that's fucking madness, so, because this wasn't, this wasn't, this isn't common knowledge that there was a a few of you that were taken. Well, it might it's, be. It might be, but yeah. I, like like we said at the start, I don't. I tend not to. I try not to watch the news because I'm I'm still in the mindset. There's no news in the truth, and there's no truth in the news. So yeah, you know, I I may have missed it, but but from from yeah. my point of view, I didn't know anybody was was taking yeah. any sort of hostage.
1: We we arranged with the
0: foreign office that there was a
1: pretty much a press blackout on it. Because ah, we, we didn't want the, the press writing all sorts of, well, what the press normally does. Exaggerated yeah. like headlines, headline grabbing, that sort of thing. So it was kept pretty quiet until we got back. Then it yeah. was a decision whether or not individually that we we decided to speak to the the press as well. After being back a few weeks, spoke to my family, everything was all, 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 all sorted out there, I, I I personally decided, and a couple of other ones did, decided to do a couple of interviews to just put the record straight so there wasn't any rumours flying around. Yeah, yeah, because that's so the worst speak.
0: thing, is, like you said, that the press will write one thing, somebody else will write another thing, and the truth is somewhere in the middle that actually makes sense. <laughs> from yeah. From the geezers that were actually... Doing the doing or were taken or doing the business that that happened.
1: Oh uh, yeah, well it, it it happened. We got taken. I got a bit of an odd time in there because I was a veteran. It was well 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 known that I was a veteran <coughs> and I'd worked against the Taliban in the past as well. And okay, I'll,
0: I'll basically,
1: you have a lot of attitude as well.
0: Yeah, I I was going to say they must have given you a bit of a hard time because they they obviously, they hold the grudges, don't they? So
1: whether
0: whether, whether it's fucking their granddad or great-great-great-granddad that fought against the British back in fucking 1804 or whatever it was, they were like, well, your granddad had a fight with my granddad. It's like, well, cheers for that. But it's like it passes down the bloodline, doesn't it? Uh, That's why they didn't really like us there in the first place, as though... Like what you you know, you've been here before. Fuck off! It's like, well, I sort of see your point, but <laughs> yeah. stop stop blowing yeah, I mean, things up, and we won't have to come over and give you a kick in. You know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, we we got a bit of an
1: ad, ad, ad time off it. Um, it's been in the press anyway that there's now an official metropolitan police SO fifteen war crimes investigation into the Taliban. Because they were, it wasn't the fact that they tortured me a few times. They videoed it. Huge mistake. That's evidence of war crimes. Uh, I couldn't believe that they were actually doing that. And I was like, you guys don't know what you're doing here. They weren't professional. They didn't know what they were doing. All it was, I'll give you the the highlights. They wanted me to sign a confession. I was like, yeah, that is not going to happen. Um yeah, they wanted yeah, yeah. the code to the telephone and I was like, Well, that definitely ain't gonna happen for unless it's after the four weeks where all my numbers and stuff after the four week point, anything that is mega sensitive, it always self-defense anyway, mm-hmm. after like twenty-four hours a day a week. But I've set everything up so after four weeks, there wouldn't be anything on there. Um this particular Taliban guy was pretty adamant he wanted the code to me, uh, telephone. So he done the uh, the the old one what they do in Afghanistan. Five Taliban pinned me to the floor, handcuffed me to the front. Uh, they brought me feet up off the floor, tied my legs together, removed my shoes and socks, and proceeded to, I call it, tickle me feet, where they hit me feet with a large rubber hose, which is oh. a little bit painful. I mean, yeah, I bet it. So, um, Yes, uh, I told them what I thought of them, which obviously got me a good kicking all over my body. On that, I think I ended up with like um, bruised kidneys, kidney infections, six fractured ribs, uh, and nerve damage to me. Uh, to me, fate on it. But um, yeah, when the day I didn't give anything until after the four-week we point anyway, where yeah. me telephone then was absolutely useless, and he knew it as well. And I said, "That's all you're going to get out of me, mate." And
0: that's basically it. But yeah. um, they weren't too happy about that. But at the end of the day, it's got to be um, it's got to be a, a strange one. because obviously, you're taught bits when you're going through basic training and when you're going through pre-deployment, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's like give them your name, rank, number, um, like what service you are, your religion, blah, blah blah, and it's like that, and that, and you stick to that. And it's like, well, if you're a veteran. <laughs> you can't really go, I'm 30044938, SAC Thompson, Church of England. It's like, well, well why are you fucking here, you cunt? It's like, uh, you know why I'm here.
1: I, I, think, I think the uh, crux of this was the the interrogator actually had a massive personal issue with anything that was from United Kingdom. Because him and his family had had a ru- a running with British soldiers in helmets
0: oh, in the past, nice. so there was a massive personal thing there. Yeah, um, personal vendetta. He must he must well, have gone. Yeah, he, he must have gone. He definitely wore a maroon beret. I'm gonna I'm gonna have I'm gonna have words with him. He's yeah, not too well, he,
1: he, <laughs> We 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 gave him as much um as much flack as what they. Uh, is what they were giving us. But, it, yeah, put it that yeah. way. but at the end of the day, it got resolved. Everyone got home safe to the families. A few of us handled it a little bit better than others because there was actually six of us in there, six British nationals. Um, right. But yeah, but at the end of the day, it's one of those things. But what I told everyone in there was, how you acting here right now will be remembered afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I we, we we might be taken upstairs. We might be shot in the air.
0: Hello. You're at the adverts. So don't turn off. Don't turn off because I've got some good stuff for you. First up, I'm going to talk about our sponsors. Kent CBD is our first sponsor. Now, CBD oil, as you know, has tremendous benefits, especially within mental health and physical health. Personally, I use it to help with my anxiety and my depression, but not only that, I also use it to help with the aches and pains of life in my joints, especially my ankles and my knees. Um, but yeah, without CBD oil, I would have still been on my antidepressant tablets, which I'm no longer on. So, you know, every cloud. And what we're going to do here at Granite Zero is we're going to give you 10% off. Everything from oil, muscle rub, jellies, bath salts, the lot. Yeah? Make sure you get in there. dot kentcbd.org put in the promo code GRANITZERO and get yourself 10% off you are welcome but also if you're like me and you love a nice cup of coffee now for me I only drink one coffee and that's Green Beret coffee now I don't only drink it because it's out of this world fucking coffee roast to order grinded to whatever specific grind you want but not only that it's veteran owned and veteran run which you know hits me right in the feels so make sure you check it out green beret coffee get yourself a nice cup of coffee i drink it dark just like my soul incredible stuff incredible stuff and what i'm going to give for you i'm going to give you 10% off So once you get to the checkout, once you've got all your coffee, your products, your apparel, whatever you need, get to the checkout and put in the promo code GZPODCAST10 and get yourself 10% off, courtesy of the Granted Zero podcast. You are welcome. Now, that's enough of me talking about this stuff. Back to the regular scheduled show. Check it out! And we're back (laughs) after that short commercial break. <laughs> I, was, uh, I
1: was saying that to the guys who I was with who were inside, how yeah. you act now and how you conduct yourself in front of the enemy will be remembered. Um, and yeah, it's just, uh, I don't have any regrets whatsoever. Um, it, I actually found out when I was being debriefed by the Foreign Office and other entities. That they actually um, took a little bit of hope when they found out from their own sources that I was given the Taliban as much crap inside as what they were giving me, me as, as well. So they actually yeah, yeah. said, "Well, at least we we know he's all right in there." Yeah. To, yeah.
0: To, so to, I mean, so what you what you got back and um had the obviously the debriefs, did they then give you any sort of fucking counselling or anything like that? Because obviously not everybody is as robust as yourself. That um, Some of the other lads mainly... Need-
1: yeah, I'm going to be careful I'll say this. A yeah, yeah. few of us fared a lot bit better. Mm. And a couple of the boys didn't handle it well um at all. But... I'm not knocking anybody it
0: happens it was a very challenging situation yeah, of course um, and it's, it's one of those situations that fucking hell you might you might do a little bit of training but it's not until it actually happens that you you have to fucking deal with it you might yeah, go do fucking see a training you might do a bit of seer yeah. training but yeah that's a little you but in your back of your head when you're doing the training you're like this is training you see? yeah not real, but surely, oh, yeah. like when once you get fucking captured for real life and you're a hostage, you're like, oh shit! Like anything could fucking happen here.
1: Oh yeah, there was a few dark times in there. There was a particular day where we named, we nicknamed this particular Taliban, and this guy looked like a quintessential Hollywood Taliban. You couldn't look any more Taliban if you tried. To, <laughs> you uh, look up the the Taliban to... in the dictionary,
0: and it's got a picture of that guy. It's like,
1: oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah
0: the Taliban. Exactly.
1: And we nicknamed him Doctor D- Death. And he came, he came down to his cells because all of us are under, underground in different different cells. And one evening, he pulled us all out individually and said, "Right, I'm going to hang you, or you're looking at forty years in in here." And I thought, all right. He said, uh, "Anything to say?" He said, "Yeah." Hey, can I order a pizza? And he looked at me like ah, and went, not the response I was expecting. He went to the next cell. He told one of the lads he yeah. didn't handle, he didn't handle it well. Like, you know I mean, which obviously, yeah. if you're told you're going to be taken upstairs to yeah, yeah, that's going to spoil you day, innit? it? Yeah, but I thought really you know nice. even if we am thinking. This isn't going to end well, yeah. I'm not going to give him the... I'm I, not going
0: to give him, like, the satisfaction. I, I can see where you're coming from with that. Like, you're like, well, you, yeah. you just threatened to hang me, so it's going to be my last day. Can I at least have a nice meal? Like, I exactly. Don't want, I don't want your fucking toenail bread and your fucking goat head. Get me a pizza in with some fucking chicken wings.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and um, it turned out that... Uh, that particular um, guy, because I was um, I was the one who took the brunt of the of the beatings in 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 LA. On the way out, when I was when I was released, I was the only one to get back me passport, me wallet, me money, me cards, me watch as well. So I've still got me uh, me watch, and I couldn't quite work out why he gave us all this back, and he he had spoke mutual to mutual respect maybe. Yeah, he said we threw everything at you, bought the kitchen sink, including the kitchen sink, mm. and you weren't having it. He went, we. This was the guy who actually offered to take me to the airport, flying me out. This is a senior member of the Taliban here as well. He said, "If you write a statement against your 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 friend, you walk." And he said, "I've got. I've, you've got my word. You will walk," and he meant it. And I said. You and I know that ain't gonna happen.
0: Yeah. I
1: said, I don't betray Be friends or in country. Doesn't happen. And he even said, We even knew what you were
0: gonna say before you said yeah, it. They had to ask. Had to ask. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, but I was it, like I, I think
0: that that's one thing they, they they do have is the mutual respect, especially for like yourself, who's a very robust human. And like you said. I won't betray my friends or my country. That's very similar to a lot of the Taliban, that they wouldn't betray their country yeah. or their fucking friends. They, In fact, they go fucking uber. They go, they go super crazy for their fucking religion, and they will fucking blow themselves up if they get asked to. So yeah. they'll always have that sort of mutual respect. And that's not me yeah, being a racist, a, by the way, <laughs> because I've seen yeah, another podcast that has said something similar. But
1: I'm happy, and I'm going to give out um, a quick a quick shout out to oh yeah, do St- it Sterling Sterling Timepieces, the the watch, and me. The Taliban couldn't break either of us, so
0: well, there you Sterling go.
1: Timepieces absolutely outstanding.
0: I will tag them in this. And they've got a massive shout-out, so they can become a sponsor. There we go.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it was, um, it was unusual to come back to England as as well, after all of that, again. Yeah, yeah. Then, come back to England, saw me ponce uh, Obviously, we've, we've we've got kids as well. And it's just a case of, yes, it's been a challenging time. I picked, I, obviously, hospital. I went to hospital, done the x-ray thing, got the yeah, yeah. ribs all sorted out and that. Um, on the slow road to recovery, but apart from that, every, every, everything's all right. But it was a challenging time. Uh, being back was a surreal experience. Being back above ground, yeah. daylight, food, clean drinking water, I was like, well it made us appreciate the little things again. Oh, I bet it did that in, did. in, the, in the UK. We take for, for 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 granted, but pretty much as soon as I got back, I was on the telephones again, helping get people out. So, because at the end of the day, there was still a job that had to be uh, done. So we con- continued it.
0: It's a very selfless act that you did. Uh, no. I don't
1: think it's a case of selflessness. It's a case of it needed to be done. No, I get that. And the conversation I had with my fiance was, "How can I not go and help these people who have stood by us through everything?" And some of these guys are my personal friends. Yeah, yeah, so, I get that. Yeah, done.
0: Yeah, because yeah. you see, <laughs> I'll call it. I call them Instagrammers. We'll say that you see a lot of Instagram heroes that would do it. Yeah. For the fame and the glory, and look what I did, and Mm. which is why I said the selfless act of help. Still, you 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 went out there, you you got people out, you got taken hostage, you came back, you got fixed up, you spoke to your 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 missus, you spoke to your kids, made sure they were all right, and then you went right. I still need to get these fuckers out. Yeah, not a lot of people would have gone. I still need. I've got a job to finish. A lot of people have gone, I, I tried and I got, I, I got battered for it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And yeah, so massive, massive respect, massive respect for yeah. that. Genuinely. I believe... and, and I know, I know full yeah. well what, what you'd say, you'd be very humble and you'd be like, no, I had to do it. But sometimes you have to, you have to take the, uh, the plaudits, as they say, because that's an incredible feat for 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 a human to do. Don't get me wrong in it though, being uh, being beaten by the
1: Taliban, what well, wasn't exactly a, uh, it wasn't a, a nice experience.
0: It was a, it was a challenge. <laughs> oh, I bet it fucking was. I bet it fucking but, was. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't a nice trip down the dominatrix down the fucking <laughs> Ivan Lid Rangers please, please. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, <laughs> Yeah, it's all squared
1: away though, like. I think the situation over there now has deteriorated an, 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 an awful lot. It's it's so sad to see the way it's going. But yeah. I, I, I get asked an awful lot and I still do a lot of advisory work, a lot of consultancy for certain departments. And there's not an actual answer to it. It's got to be an Afghan solution to an Afghan problem. Yeah, yeah. The West not getting involved. That's again. that's
0: one thing that I, I I sort of found when I was on my last tour back in 2013 is when I finished it. When when you're when you've put your papers in and you're ready to leave, you sort of turn off your squatty fucking head for a minute and you're like, right, I'm I'm just a regular bloke now. This is this is their country. They need it's, it's their job to sort out their country. Yeah. And and you could even say, you can look at our fucking country and think, well, we fucking need to sort something out here as well. We need to sort our own country out before we go and go, oh, Ukraine, do you want some more fucking tanks and that? Because we've got some money that we can give you. It's like, whoa, our fucking NHS is fucked. Yeah. Our fucking think, country yeah. has got a cost of living crisis is going through the roof, and they're starting. They're now thinking about putting the water expenses up. It's like, yeah.
1: Yeah, fucking I think people, hell!
0: Uh, Stop giving out the foreign aid for a minute.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Foreign aid. Um, don't get me started on this. We should not be given foreign aid to any country that has got nuclear weapons. Yeah, um, Should not be happening. End of. But I think our politicians and our leaders need to take a step back, look at this country, yeah. look at what's going on in the country. When you've got people, um, you've got staff who work for the NHS, who are having to queue in food banks, yeah. right? These are nurses queuing in food banks, all right? People who work for the ambulance service, having to queue in food banks to have enough food to give the kids is wrong. We have got something yeah, yeah. wrong here somewhere. So, so, and so something's, something's happened people somewhere people along the
0: line where it's all gone a bit it's all gone to cock. Like it's yeah,
1: that's a very polite
0: way of putting it. I wouldn't have put it that way, but yeah. Well I've got us some somewhere along the line i will got to be a bit more polite. Um but yeah even fucking hell. Even if you take a trip back to fucking the nineties or the mid-90s the noughties we, we were we had that we <laughs> you know it wasn't it wasn't that bad yeah we, it's not we, as bad as it is now no it's like I, I'm scared to put on fucking the telly in the morning because you get good morning Britain you get this morning you get fucking the other one can't remember what the other one is Lorraine there you go I know I'm like a single mum, I'm just reeling off fucking shit here but you go on there and they're like, oh the cost of living crisis and all the bills are going up and then you're like, alright, cool and then you go, hang on a minute Shell have just recorded 32.8 billion pounds in profit they could give every single person in the world a billion pounds and still be in profit (laughs) It's mad in it what there, is there, going there's,
1: on? Something, there's something a bit a little bit wrong, isn't there, when you, you when you start
0: thinking like like what is happening um it's crazy it's crazy yeah, it's... I think the government I don't, know, you, is I don't know if not... you I don't know if you saw it Aunt, at all um the the news the other day i only I only knew about because my mother-in-law was talking about it. British gas was sending in bailiffs the other day. But they, I said the other day, this was probably months ago, because they had an embedded um, reporter with them that they didn't know about. And he was going, oh, can't wait for this one. But he would like knock on the door, no answer. And then he would break in. I'm like, well, that's fucking illegal for a start. No bailiff can do that. Literally, he would like break in the locks in the houses. He broke into one. There was a radiator with kids' clothes all over it. Asthma pumps. Fucking eczema creams and things like that, and they're going in taking their shit because they can't pay a a gas bill because they've put their prices up. It's sickening. Yeah, I think the government has got to. uh, Well,
1: this is me being uh, like politically incorrect. Pull the finger out there and help Mm. the families out there that really need it. Yeah, I I support helping people coming into the country. Yes, I, I I know we've got the help, it's the right thing to actually do. But I, British Prime Minister, look after your own. Your charity starts at home first. Yeah. When you've got families like single mum's and that who can't even afford to feed the kids or they've got to decide whether to put the heat in on or yeah. have a meal. Yeah. There's something wrong with it. Yeah, definitely. It's as simple as that. There's something wrong. So and we're putting up a lot of people coming into this country in hotels. They're mm-hmm. getting three square meals a day, right? I know working-class people, some of them are not even having that. No,
0: definitely. Wow.
1: Well, oh, yeah, it's mad. I rest my case. There's nothing else I've say. Yeah, you don't need there.
0: to say any more. Well, than, like, you don't, the, genuinely,
1: don't need to say any more than that. Anyone who's watching this, I would like to see your comments about what we're talking about here as well. Because yeah, this definitely. isn't good at saying this. I would like to get people involved. I would like to start yeah. a conversation with this one because charity starts at home and yep. we've got with that's no, what oh, that's God, what me given. and that's
0: uh, what me and my missus always say. Like yeah. I, I do people. I do give I do give to charity, yeah. don't get me wrong, like I said, I'm doing the, the uh the football event that I'm doing. Um yeah. But there's certain things that I'll be walking along the road and it's like, oh, do you, can you give us some money? It's like, no. I've got kids at home that I need to sort them out. Yeah. I, I'd love to help. I'd love to give you 20 quid, but that 20 quid could you know, get or help pay for a new pair of school shoes, which are ridiculous in price, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> my, my youngest daughter fucking ruined her school shoes, bless her. And uh we had to get her a new pair. And I was like, but the the pair that you've just ruined accidentally because the bottom of the sole came off that cost like 70 quid she's got like tiny she's got tiny feet I was like yeah. why is it 70 quid for a pair of school shoes but yeah me. well it isn't just the school shoes it's it's the hold oh, on don't no, don't get me well, started you're... on the uniform don't get me started anyone who has got
1: fucking... out there we we understand we have kids ourselves, souls we get it it's expensive um
0: yeah skid unique i'm i'm, I'm the one the one, the one the one charity thing i do do is um any of one of my close one of my close mates uh, i served with him on the same squadron he lives down the road for me he, his daughters are a couple of years younger than my daughters so any of our school stuff that we have we go do you want this because that will save you going to the fucking school stop shop to get it, and it, it it all happens. So even down to um, my eldest's best friend, she's quite slight. She's very short, bless her. She's like that. That's me saying someone's short. So you know they're short if there's if I'm saying it because I'm fucking only five foot six. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so she had like a school blazer and things when she was in like year sticks. But mm. because you're so small, it would fit my youngest, who is only in year four. So I was like, well, hey, you got fucking blazer. Spot on. It's like, yeah. more, more people have got to do that. Recycle your school uniforms. Yeah, I think... Um, this is we're a we're tangent,
1: straight- isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it helps. It so one thing. It's not short of a few hundred quid, to get a basic oh. school uniform.
0: My my eldest uh, in September just went to secondary school and we had to get ba- well obviously cuz he's the eldest brand new everything. And yeah. even down may even down to her PE leggings which I didn't think was a thing because I'm still stuck in fucking year 2002 or whatever it is. And I was like, why does she need them? And they were like, well, she wears them for PE. I went, so could she just get some blue leggings? And they went, no, it has to have the school badge on it. I was like, does it, though? Does it? Has it? The badge. it has to have the badge Literally on it. Literally, it has Aylesford fucking down the leg. And I'm like, could she not just go to Sports Direct and get, like, five for, like, ten quid? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or whatever it is. It's,
1: no, you'll sure there's going to be a lot of people out there who are going to think, yeah, they're going
0: through all the this as well. Mad mate. It's um, yeah, and I never, I never experienced any of that because I, I never really thought about it. Cause, like when I, when I was at like uh, when I was at secondary school, my mum would just take me in and would go, right, you need the rugby shirt. We'll get a big one because then that'll last you a couple of years. I didn't, yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think any different. Like now, it's like, well, I can't wear that because I won't be cool. It's like you fucking will wear it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you will wearing
1: this. <laughs> I've, I've, it. I've got. I've got a young girl who thinks she's twenty. What 20, twenty-one? Oh, and yeah. I'm like, well, she. She. Yeah, just well, she's on a different planet, <laughs> mate. I'm to tell you. and I don't it's understand hard work like, they girls. People. Yeah, I tell you, you what, mate. You think Afghanistan's hard. Yeah. Try having two young
0: girls, mate. I tell you. Yeah, I've got I've got two young girls. And um, fucking hell, They're, oh, they are they are incredible. They are two the, the most loving, down to earth, beautiful just beautiful souls, my girls. I I'm I'm going to take zero credit for this because they definitely take after their mum. Hundred percent. Yeah, they are. I'll go that as well. They are beautiful inside and out. Well I'm like, I'm a bit dark inside, so we'll. But, fucking, just they are. I, I, I I've spoken about this probably in about ninety percent of my episodes. But my eldest daughter is one of the reasons why I ended up going to therapy and getting help. She was the one that picked me up off the floor, and and told me, "Don't worry, Daddy." I still love you. And I was like, fucking hell. Yeah, you, you're my light. You're the reason why I'm going to get help. Yeah.
1: Well, a, a lot of people out there, a lot of veterans and non-veterans as well who have got kids. They need to think about that. What they do reflects we, we and influences their oh, kids yeah. as well. And yeah, we've got kids and we bitch about things occasionally. We wouldn't change it for the world ever. It's the best experience in the world, and, and all know. these little things that they that that they do, which we don't understand as adults, we didn't understand. Oh, it as it's kids. Uh, mate, I can I can go down so many different rabbit holes of
0: that. So yeah. like, just recently, obviously, that that prime drink is the new fucking big. I am the prime. Everyone needs prime. Yeah, my miss. Well, people are idiots, by the way. am just gonna say you can just go to ASDA. If you get there early enough, you'll get some, and it's two quid. You don't need to spend twenty four pounds. You don't need to spend fifty pounds. You don't need to spend hundred pounds. It's two pound. Go to ASDA. Two quid. (laughs) They open at seven. They usually get their deliveries in. Go to the counter and go. Can I get some Prime? They have to put it. That's how mad it is. They have to put it behind where all the cigarettes are. That's where it is. Customer counter. That's fucking madness. It's it's a shit energy drink. It's shit. KSI, Logan Paul. If you're listening, you're not. But if you're listening, it's shit. I've tasted it. It's awful. I'm gonna have a Lucasade. It's much better. But anyway, my missus went and got three bottles, and she went, "Oh, could you could you go out and get some?" No. <laughs> <laughs> she went. She was like, "Why not?" She went. The girls would really love it if you went out and got a, a, a few more for him, and they can. I was like what well, What do you mean they can what drink it because it's a drink she was like yeah just can you can you I was like oh f- fuck but then I got in my head and I was like I really want to say no go fuck yourself I don't want to get that I'm quite happy being in the house playing Call of Duty but it's no i got to make sure that these girls aren't picked on at school because they haven't got the latest fucking drink craze and shit like that and I was like Okay, so I went out and got it. It took me to be fair, and it took me about ten minutes to go and get it, but I was just being lazy but it's i'll I'll do anything to make sure that they're they're happy and they're good they're usually they're quite happy with fucking anything Like even going back to Christmas i remember I, I remember it was one of the one of the first Christmases I remember with them. Uh, when my my youngest was sort of at the age where so she sort of understood what Christmas was, this is going back a few years now, and they literally thought the stockings was all they got, and it was the most heartfelt and lovely sequences of events where they opened up their stockings and they got it all out and they were like, "Oh, thank you, you gave me a, a little bit of makeup and blah blah," and they were like, "Oh." brilliant and then they went downstairs and opened everything and saw everything else and they're like oh my god and he was like yeah. well that's that's brilliant and even this year every single present they got up they came over to me and my missus and were like thanks this, is, this means everything gave me a hug and gave me a kiss and I was just like they, they are so grateful they don't mm. expect anything and when they do get something that they ask for or if it's on their list and they weren't expecting it because it's a bit more expensive, and they get it and they're like, "It's the best." They're like they a few times they burst into tears because they weren't expecting, and they were like, "You, you two are just beautiful creatures." Hopefully, they can pass that on to their kids. Exactly,
1: that's what you're remembering. It's it's the memories you're making with your kids that will stay with them until they're adults and they have kids and They'll want to make sure that their kids have the similar kind of memories.
0: My my oldest, my oldest got me. So I, I I don't know if you're the same, but any sort of birthday or Christmas, what do you want for your birthday? What do you want for Christmas? I don't know. I usually just get what I need. Yeah, <laughs> In yeah. the year I don't really need anything, and um, I wasn't expecting any sort of presents, if I'm honest. Um, my youngest. I'm get well, hundred percent. My missus bought it, but she got me a Man United shirt for Christmas. And I was like, ah, oh, fucking brilliant. Put it on, and then my my uh, my eldest then went, Dad, I've got I've got you a gift. It was my idea. Mummy, helped me find the website, but I put it all in, and I was like, what is it? And it was a a little bracelet, and I opened it up, and I'm wearing it now. It's <laughs> annoyingly it's falling apart because I won't take it off, and I'm apparently you're supposed to take it off, but it's literally just a bit of rope. And it's got this little eye on it, and inside oh. the eye, if you hold it up to the light, you, there's a picture in there, and it's a uh, no. it's a picture of me and my eldest when I came back from Afghanistan on my last tour, and I'm holding her and give, giving her a big kiss, and I remember no. just popping that up, and I look through the light at it, and I just genuinely, I will, I don't mind saying it, I burst into tears like a like a giant <laughs> schoolgirl. I was like, she was like, what's the matter, Dad? Do you not like it? I went, no, you just got me in the in the fields. I just wasn't expecting yeah. it. She was like, yeah. Dad, I've never seen you cry like that before. And I was like, yeah, but I'm not afraid to cry in front of you for a start. And if also... You can't cry in front of your family, the swimming wrong. And I was like, also, that was probably the nicest gift anyone had ever got me. I don't know how yeah. much it cost. I don't care how much it cost. Yeah. I went, just the sentiment, because you've picked the picture of me and you in one yeah. of the one of the proudest moments i've ever had and i was like oh fuck it's, it's just kids are amazing if they if they're brought up right amazing exactly yeah i'm going to say Happy that day. i'm going to say that because where i work there are some fucking little cunts that i would love to just give a slap genuinely mate i i was leaving work the other day I'm um an estate uh, security manager now, and I was leaving work. I wasn't in um my suit like I normally am. I was in like regular, regular sort of clothes. And um they started these. There was a group of them. It was about eight or nine of them. They started gobbing off, and I was like, "You're about fucking twelve years old. Why are you gobbing off to a thirty-five year old man? I yeah. I don't care how many there are of you. I will fill you all in if I needed to." <laughs> I'm not going to, but I could. There could be eight or nine of you. You you wouldn't get home very well. Put it that way. I started walking, and there was a bottle thrown at me. There was coins thrown at me. There was all sorts. I got in my car, and I was like, just like old me started like ticking in my head. Like, yeah. um, I used to, I used well when I was a fucking teenager slash in my 20s, I was a fucking nightmare. I'd go and fight just for fun if I wanted to. Um, but that that sort of me is pushed away. He's not there anymore. Yeah. He's there if I need him. But
1: You're older and wiser now.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. But he was ticking away. He was going, do you want to knock out some kids? And I was like, no, just fucking shut up. So I started, I thought, fuck it, drive home. I was yeah. pulling out and I could see them all fucking start uh, popping up again mouthing off, they threw a, another water bottle at my car and I was like fucking hell so I just drove out and I thought "Be the... <laughs> this is quite ironic considering I'm only little, be the bigger person so I drove out, yep. I was driving is quite a funny shape so it's sort of I had to go out and round and then back out and as I was coming round there's a, a weird sort of zebra crossing but it's not zebra crossing and I saw this little cunt from the corner of my eye come in with a trolley, and I was like, he's going to fucking hit my car with that trolley, isn't he? And he fucking... I put my brakes on, he just put the trolley right in front of my car, and then just ran off. And I was like, what? Why are you doing that? Yeah. What are you doing? I'm... I've literally been at work. <laughs> yeah. I haven't caused you any issues. Why are you causing me issues? Like fucking, so I just threw the trolley, just drove off, and I was like, "I've I've never wanted to hit a kid until that moment."
1: (laughs) He's the option here. Anyone who's rebellious like that, put him into the army, army cadets, into the army. Show him a bit of discipline, and you might find that there's a decent kid in there as well.
0: I'm sure there is. I'm sure if you got that those kids one on one. Without all their mates chirping up, there would yeah. be sound. Yeah. But in fact, I found that with quite a few of the, the older kids that were those kids before. Um, you spe- you'd you speak to them one-on-one and they'd be like, oh, but I didn't mean it. I was just it's like, yeah, but I'm here for 12 hours a day doing my, my job. It's my job. Why are you causing me shit? It's not funny. Yeah. And also, you think it bothers us, but we're still getting paid, you fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> Kids, mate. Kids.
1: We love them and we wouldn't change them at all, mate. It's the world, isn't it? It, it is its what it actually is. Definitely. All right, buddy. Well, on that note, okay, I just yeah. want to say a message to any of you veterans out there. Yeah, yeah. Or anyone going through our time or anything, pick up the phone, speak to one of the pads and that who you serve with or a friend. Because we've all been through our times, Um it's it's great to be on the actual show to have a banter. It's great yeah. to not have someone just asking like questions. I do I do interviews all over England, yeah, yeah, all yeah. over America. It has been a really nice interview. It's been a normal one. So that's that's what I like
0: to, uh, that's what I like to hear. And that's one of the reasons why I do where I do, I'd rather if I could get more people actually in the shed, but it literally is a shed. Um, but yeah, the way, the way I like to do it is having a conversation in the pub. These are that sort of conversations that I would have with you in the pub. I'd like to know about your stuff that you did getting the hostages out and not hostages. You were a hostage, but you know what I mean? Um, all that sort of stuff that's the stuff that I'm interested in but also we can have a chat about our fucking kids and and shit like that and that's yeah. how I like to do it and it's been genuinely a, an honor and a privilege to have you on and um what you're what you're doing and what you have done is is breathtaking genuinely and I'd like to say thank
1: you for everything that that you're doing and the the effort you put into the podcast as well because if this can help one person out there, you've achieved a good thing. And I think this is gonna help a lot more than one. I think a lot of people are gonna tune into your podcast. I'm gonna share it everywhere as well. And it's a normal one. It's just two guys having a chat about issues that everyone can relate to. I think it's important.
0: It is important. It is important. And that's what we like to that's what we like. And the veteran community can go from being very accommodating and very loving. And then you do have aspects of it that are very toxic. Um, yeah. what we're trying to do is get rid of that toxicity and try and remember that we're all in it for, <laughs> for each other. We're, we're all, yeah. we're all one fucking, we're all one team and it's all one effort as my old warrant officer, Gary Eden would say. And yeah genuinely one of the best conversations I've had in a very long time and you're more than welcome to come on anytime you want. And I'm definitely Tom, be- I'm definitely better than yeah. Nigel Farage, just saying.
1: <laughs> oh, I love you saying well, Tom, well, thank you, mate. And um, thank you for everyone who's taken the time to watch and support your podcast as well. I've got a feeling your podcast is gonna grow um over time as well. So Tom Well, it it's been it's a time, pleasure. Though. It's been emotional. It has. Okay, Speak to you in a bit, mate. Thank you very much. Take okay, care, mate. Bye. Mate.